Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner and today my guest is Dr. Kim Traeger. We're going to be talking about the issues in the tissues. She's a one of the team doctors at Eminence Health and a little bit about Dr. Kim. She's a healer who has a depth of knowledge about all aspects of healing body, mind, and spirit. She embraces a patient's unique health presentation and creates a personalized healing framework that supports the journey towards optimal health. Her consultations are designed to find the presenting complaints and create an attainable healing protocol. Known for transformational healing, she uses her vast background and years of experience to simultaneously heal mind, body, and spirit. Dr. Kim quickly discovered the prominent health issues and matches the nutrients, foods, movements, meditations, and lifestyle modifications to fit the patient's needs. In her spare time, she practices yoga, meditation, and daily breath work, which keeps her grounded and at peace. Today, we'll be talking about Dr. Kim's knowledge surrounding the potential for emotional entrapment that may be contributing to dysfunction in the body tissue, or as we would say, the issues in the tissues. I hope you enjoy this podcast with Dr. Kim Traeger. Welcome, Dr. Kim. It's really an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It's a huge honor to be here. Oh, and this is just so fun for me to get to interview you in this setting. We obviously work together now, and you're one of the doctors at Eminence Health. And for those those out there who don't know your story yet, I'd love for people to just know a little bit about your background and your experience and what you were doing prior to joining Eminence. Um, I've been so impressed with the people you've studied and the information that you've gathered um, to create your own methodology. And so I would love for people to learn more about that. Sure. Well, I happily joined Eminence and your team to be part of a bigger process in helping people with bigger issues. My background is that I have been outside. I've had a practice for 27 years outside of Chicago in Naperville, working, having a holistic healing center where I practice applied kinesiology as a chiropractor, which combines balancing the muscles and gait and coordination along with overlapping Chinese medicine. So we're looking at meridians and emotions as well. So I had studied with Dr. George Goodhart, a just a brilliant man and doctor who really discovered this overlap of the ancient Chinese meridians and recent research and what we know about the body, the fascia, the connective tissue, and the whole communication within the systems. I've also studied with Dr. Janet Travell, who is the medical doctor who discovered trigger points. So I realized early on that to choose my mentors and teachers wisely allowed me to choose a broader and deeper path, not only for my own learning, because I love to learn, also for adding to the depth of the healing for my patients, because we all know what it's like to be in pain, to be suffering from an injury or some disease in the body, and to not be able to find that help. I mean, that's where imminence is. I think you've mentioned that people have been to maybe eight to 10 other physicians and practices before they come here. So to take that integrated approach, body, mind, and spirit was really what I was after. In doing that, I also, and I, and I add this because it adds to the treatments that I 
bring to the patients and their particular individual situations is I'd always practice meditation and yoga, but I realized, oh, I want to learn more. So I became a certified yoga instructor and then uh, studied with different myofascial practitioners and uh, became specific, trained with people that study not just the feet, but how to retrain the foot and how to enhance proprioception that's going to change everything in the body and the job, just different things that, especially areas that hold emotion, Mm -hmm. areas we often don't even realize can hold emotion. So that's what uh, my background is. And as a result, that's what I bring to the table to today's conversation is 27 years of doing whatever I can to make the uh, person, the patient in front of me, ease in ease and uh, wellness and optimal health. Oh, well, thank you for sharing your background. And I've just been so impressed with your you know, passion and dedication to understanding in the human body. And obviously that we're more than just our physical bodies and all of these layers that make us who we are. And when we're out of balance or out of sync, how can we you know, bring health back to an individual's life? And so it's been really a joy to see you work with the team and work as a really integral part of the team to help our patients move forward and hold so many tools in your toolkit. And there's so many, you're a walking wellness center, right? With everything that you can um, do for a patient. And, you know, one of the things that we really value and that we see in all of our patients' health is how it's not just their physical health that we're trying to get back in balance, but sometimes, and oftentimes, especially when people have been struggling with a chronic illness, there can be an emotional blockage in their body. And so there can be this idea of how past traumas, current traumas, current or past emotions can actually get stored in our physical bodies and can be just as much as we look at, you know, heavy metals or glyphosate or stealth pathogens. We have to acknowledge the role of our emotions and how they can affect our physiology. So can you just share a little bit about your perspective on how emotional blockages affect the body? Absolutely. That's definitely one of the keys to that uh, level of feeling totally well and energized. And it's part of the resilience piece of the puzzle, I feel. We, even uh, PubMed has articles on moving from emotional trauma into resilience and various ways of working at. So this is not just woo-woo anymore. This is measurable. What individuals and patients often think is that Oh, if there's a scar or if there's an area of pain, that there might be emotions associated with it. What is not often realized is that it can be any area in the body that suffered a trauma, a fall, a sprain, because anytime connective tissue comes in and just essentially, you know, slaps it down because it has more important things to do, there's an area of disease, an area where there's not as much resilience physically and energetically. Mm-hmm. It's that energetic piece that we want to keep our eyes on as well. In other words, I feel that the med- Western medicine has done an amazing job of keeping us alive, keeps us alive and for the most part out of pain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily move us into wellness. Mm -hmm. that's left up to us. And 
practitioners like we have at Eminence Health. We move people from disease that is not recognized by Western medicine, or they don't have the tools right now to address it, and we move them into into wellness. And how we do that is looking at all the different layers. Like you said, we look at everything from the chemical, the cellular, even intracellular and extracellular, because we talk about the extracellular matrix and the fascial component. And so it has an, a physical part and a chemical part, but a, often an emotional part too. I often tell my patients that thoughts are the language of the brain. That makes sense, right? And feelings are the language of the body. So when we think about that, we can realize how it's easy to hold emotions that are not serving us in our body. Mm-hmm. And it can be where there was an injury, a scar, or even where there's a, just not enough movement. Because we know that the fascia loves movement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, uh, I think you're explaining this amazingly. And this is an area that I love to study and share and teach on. And the more we learn about this, it's just amazing, right? What, what's happening in the fascia, the connected tissue, the mm-hmm. matrix, the lymphatics. And, you know, I'd love for you to explain more, but I think this is also helpful to weave in what we see clinically, right? So this sounds like a lot of theory, but when you work on this layer with patients, I know in my practice, I do neurotherapy, you've been around, you know, neurotherapy now working with all of us. And then the work that you do, when we address this layer, there can be these big shifts in the physical body and not to put you on the spot, but I know you have many, you know, stories, but can you bring this idea a little bit to light for people to just share um, a few anecdotes or whatever comes to mind? You know, what do we see in real time when we're addressing this layer? Sure. I would love to. The one, since you mentioned neurotherapy, let's go there first. I use myself actually as an example. I, when I understood neurotherapy and how it is really an amazing tool for addressing a physical scar, I realized, well, I, I wanted to experience it. However, I didn't have any scars that physical scars that I knew about. So it was mentioned, well, our navel, our belly button is our first scar. It's our scar from birth, from coming into this body. And it was like, okay, well, let's do neurotherapy on that. And I myself in the moment experienced like a rush of emotions, like, oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. Almost like a a rebirth. Mm. And then within a week, actually within that day, but within a week, I, the tension that I had experienced my whole life in my low back, almost exact opposite from my belly button released. It was never acute pain. It was always like a tension, like a pulling from within. And in fact, my, my spine is actually more normal curve. So I'm a big fan of neurotherapy. <laughs> the patient said, "Well, I don't have any scars." Yeah. Well, you've got your belly button. Oh, yeah, start there. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. can that can be something right there. But as far as some other examples, I yes, just the other day, a patient came in, no history of ankle sprains, no um, fractures, anything, but she came actually hobbling in and had very little movement at her left ankle. So 
I'm, you know, like, are you sure you hadn't stepped on it funny? You weren't wearing high heels. You know, I, you know, we asked the, the proper questions, try to get the history. And it was like, well, you know, things can happen out of nowhere. That's all right. We doesn't matter that we necessarily understand always where it came from, but that we recognize it and let's move forward. So as a person who also, you know, dresses the body as well as the mind and emotions, I start gently mobilizing the ankle and uh, softening the tissues, the muscles around it. All of a sudden, she starts crying. Now, having done this for 27 years, I'm comfortable with it. I'm used to it. I'm not surprised by it. And I'm just, you know, it's like, this is fine because we do hold our emotions in our body. And, you know, anything can come out at any time. And this is a safe place. So she, continued to share that, you know, her, for some reason, this is making her think of the grief over the death of, death of her brother and how she never did move on from that. Mm-hmm. So I, as I'm continuing to work on the area, I'm explaining that it's not uncommon for ankle sprains, especially if they're repeated ankle sprains, even if there has been the physical therapy added that if the emotional component of feeling stuck, unable to move forward, if that's not addressed, the habit stays, the, the internal emotional scar tissue remains, and the resilience is not created. So we did a, a really beautiful treatment of both physical and emotional, um, and it was, it was great. She almost ran out of there, danced <laughs> out of there, because when you can't, when it is possible to layer the physical and the emotional, that's when we see like minor miracles mm-hmm. because yeah. we're yeah. working with the practical neurology and all of the different layers. Mm-hmm. No, I love those examples. And I think, um, as you mentioned first, you know, the scar and neurotherapy and all of that, I, I think of the fascial system is this like ball of yarn, right? You kind of like unleash one, you know, layer and then another layer, you know, relaxes. And it's kind of this um, process that you follow. And it's, again, you get pleasantly surprised what's going to unfold and happen, you know, for everyone, it can be different, but I, I see so many powerful shifts with that therapy. And then what you mentioned, you know, with this individual, and why I love this work so much is that, you know, we have this notion in the chronic illness community that healing is hard and it takes time and you have to get worse before you get better. And, you know, oh my goodness, you know, it's just this really laborious process, which it is, there is truth in it. You know, when you've been sick for a while, there is, it takes sure. time to shift physiology. But when we have these, uh, this ability to address things, not only physical, but emotional and we'll talk about energetic and even in a moment, um, that this is when big shifts happen quickly, right? And big, big releases happen quickly. And that there is this really sustained momentum for the body. That's the joy, right? Of the work. And when we can see those shifts happen in our office in real time. I think why we see the big shifts on occasion is when we're working with the integration. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not one piece jumping ahead and the other one's hanging behind. Mm -hmm. We're getting that total integration and a whole layering. I know you and I share a love and a curiosity about the the fascia and, and the lymphatics because we know that that's 
it's almost like a new territory where we're discovering more and more about it that actually can be measured. So it's not just hypothetical anymore. It's like, this is an important aspect. And just because it wasn't taught 50 or even 20 years ago doesn't mean that it's not what we want to be doing now. Just, I mean, we study and we appreciate Newtonian physics, mm-hmm. but we're now way ahead of that. <laughs> we understand how the body communicates differently. Yeah, no, I love that. And we could definitely go down that rabbit hole and maybe to bridge that rabbit hole. I know that we also share a love of what we call the biofield, right? So the whole idea that not only do we have our physical structure, but we have this electromagnetic field of information and light energy that surrounds our body. And it's not kind of this afterthought, but it really has a lot to organize our physiology, right? And so when we can look on that layer too, there's just this whole other layer for um, dissolving what we would say dissonance in the field and creating more coherence in the in the physical body. And so we have a tool that I was introduced to by Dr. Beverly Rubick, who's been on the podcast. I've interviewed her in the past and she's a biophysicist out of Berkeley and she's studied the biofield. So she brought the biofield into PubMed in the 1990s and really tried to legitimize this aspect of us so that there could be a language and research done. And there's tons of articles and lots of information. And there's a camera that a Russian scientist developed and it's called the BioWell camera. So Beverly introduced us to this. And so we've been having fun and we still see a lot of telemedicine, but we um, definitely have been seeing more people in person and we've been able to look at their biofield and look at that and compare how that shifts with treatment. And so can you just, you know, again, just share again, this is something that we're learning and we're newly integrating, but how has your eyes, how have your eyes opened to this kind of this other aspect, not only the fascia, the physical, the emotional um, information, the tissues, but then this whole other layer of the field of information that surrounds us. Well, I have to say the the BioWell camera that Dr. Rubik introduced, it is an amazing tool for assessing the energy of a person simply by taking a photoelectric photo of the fingertips. Mm -hmm. So in Chinese medicine, we know that all of the meridians begin or end at the fingers or the toes, actually the fingernail beds. But so they are able to translate that the best that any software can into the meridian system, the overall body systems, the organ systems, as well as what's going on with the chakras. So whereas this might have been, oh, well, this can't really be measured. This is actually being measured. And we, and we, there are high tech machines that measure the electromagnetic frequencies of individuals. And I thought it was especially fascinating to find that each organ has its own aura, so to speak, its own bio field of electromagnetic force. Mm -hmm. And it is the heart that extends beyond all. So when when we're measuring the fingertips or the somebody sensing an aura or something like that, it's the biofield of the heart, mm-hmm. the emotions, mm-hmm. the feelings that are actually being measured. I So yes, we've been able to, uh, when someone comes in person, the biofield's not able to do it through telehealth, 
but when they come and we get this measurement, then we uh, it's really great if we have several days because then several days of treatments, we get into whatever um, treatments they're going to have, and then we measure it again. There's always a change in the positive. Mm-hmm. The needle moves towards optimal mm-hmm. energy and mm-hmm. balance. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is about balance. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, really Interesting. Yes, I love that machine and the fact that many of the the things, the tools that we use at Eminence are beyond um, herbs and nutrients and a lifestyle change. It, you know, they include lasers. I mean, so much can be done with that as well. So, yeah, it's all a balance of the the from the cellular to the entire body from the body to the emotions, the thoughts, and bringing it all together. And mm-hmm. it's really about frequencies, about aligning the frequencies. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. No, thank you for, you know, sharing all that. And that's the, you know, the vision I, you know, have for the work that we're doing together. And I, I hope in our lifetime that this is the future, you know, of medicine that we can really, um, you know, not only are we, you know, we, as you said, the conventional uh, medicine has its role, of course. And then in this realm that we, uh, live in not only um, the best of naturopathic medicine and functional medicine and chiropractic, but bridging that with this whole idea of biofield therapies and biofield science. And I think that integration is really um, what we currently see and what we want to continue to see. That's really what propels people forward. And so, yeah, we've been having fun using this different diagnostics and assessment tools. And then um, not only the the physical work that we all do in the office, but bringing in you know, like the Weber laser you mentioned and, you know, other modalities like sound healing and things like that to help really, um, again, open people's hearts, as you said, because the heart is really the great conductor of the uh, biofield and really the, you know, the field of information that our bodies respond to. And so, however, we can help, you know, bring awareness to that and open people up to that. Um, we just see beautiful things in the office. So, um, but yeah, thank you for going down that road with me. I, I love talking about that. So back to kind of reality in the physical body, <laughs> you know, we talked about, you know, the fascia, we talked about, you know, emotions that get st- stuck in the tissues, but, you know, again, we see a lot of patients when we look at their physical body and what's really ailing them, it's this combination of environmental toxicants that get stuck in their uh, fascial system, their matrix, also in their neurology and, uh, you know, their neurotoxins and things like that. But also we look at the role of stealth pathogens, right? And how stealth pathogens can also be hidden in the connective tissue and be produced neurotoxins like biotoxins and things. And so you've had your own experience and your own way of working around how this intersection between like pathogens and emotions and uh, scars and, you know, the fascia. Can you just share your perspective and what patients have taught you about that? I mean, it is really an interesting connection between some of the pathogens and the emotion, emotions associated with it. I would say that I put myself in their position of, of course, you're looking at something that's not going to be uh, a quick fix, it didn't happen all of a sudden. It's going to take a while. There are probably layers. And so to address that can be a daunting task. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then the some of the pathogens, it's almost as though their frequency attracts and magnetizes 
feelings, emotions of uh, loneliness, lack of empowerment. Others bring about anger. Why is this happening to me? Mm. And when they understand that those emotions are actually creating hurdles Mm. to their healing, Mm -hmm. it's not just a neutral thing. It's a hurdle to their actual healing along dealing with this pathogen then I feel it's important to give them to to recognize it. You know, it's like an aha moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. We realize this is a connection. Mm -hmm. We have this aha moment. And then it's important to empower them so that, that as the patient, I always give them tools, easy tools, simple tools, but something that's going to be specific and pertinent to them for dealing with the emotional part. Mm-hmm. It's going to be empowering. It's like, okay, yes, I've seen this before. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. I often see this particular array of feelings associated with this area of disease, whatever the issue is, mold or a pathogen or particular toxins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, that's something that is not really recognized yet. Mm-hmm. Not really addressed. It's something I've been noting. And as a result, it's like, I, I'm not surprised by it. And I'm very comfortable with let's, let's personalize this, give you some tools. We want to expedite. We want to enhance. We want to hurry along your mm-hmm. path to wellness. You want to be well and healthy yesterday. You, you don't want to see a long road ahead. Mm-hmm. So I think that with the, tools that enhance empowerment and emotional resilience. So these are tools that allow the patient to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I love about your work because it's when you do the work on the table, people are shifting and then you, you give people homework, you give people, you know, all of these things to do, you know, and people do it, you know, there's homework. Yeah, I know, I know, which is awesome. Cause again, um, you know, I, I think there's been a tipping point of, um, this conversation more and more in our community of the role of, um, the emotional body, how emotions affect us. Um, but again, you know, sometimes, you know, we just land there and the acknowledgement, but it's like really, okay, how do we move through this? Right. And how do we help people yeah, move through these emotional hurdles, as, as you said. And so um, that's what I love about people, you know, coming out of your room, they have homework and they have a toolkit and, you know, they feel better and it, it's amazing. And so can tell me about, so I, I want people to learn more about, you know, really how you work. And so obviously you see people in the flesh at Eminence in Seattle, Washington, but also you can work telehealth. And so just share a little bit about your offerings. And like when a patient comes into your room, let's say at Eminence, like how do you really um, go through an appointment? Because you have such a great way of integrating all of this. I do prefer to work on a patient one-to-one in the room, physical. I'm able to grasp more of the physical history, the scars, feel it with, you know, I'm trained as a body worker, as a doctor to look at the body and then see the components. However, I, especially COVID was interesting for all of us, this, the recent couple of years, we've done more telehealth and I am very comfortable working with patients through telehealth, especially with Zoom, where we can 
I can actually instruct them in whatever it is, you know, um, a movement, a breath work, a meditation, ask the question, see the expression on the face. So Zoom is a second best, but still a valid way to work with me. I know that sometimes you'll ask, well, is there anyone you know in their area where they can go to? And I honestly do not. Mm. I guess every practitioner is a, a beautiful collaboration of their own, of the experiences, the wisdom, and their teachers and the training. So mm-hmm. all I know is that when I am in the room with patients or when I'm on a Zoom with the patients, I am important to clear my own space. I make sure that my body is, is comfortable, that my mind is clear, that I've done my meditation, that I'm in a good space so that I'm able to work with the patient. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's as important. That's very important as practitioners. If we recognize frequencies and emotions, it's mm-hmm. vital that we do our own work as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably one of my keys that I, I love doing my own work and therefore I love working with patients and getting them, whether it's telehealth or when they can come in. I will say that every patient that is able to physically make it to eminence, the layering, the teamwork and all of the beautiful, elegant tools for diagnosis and wellness. It's just, it's a, it's, um, it's a magical place. Well, thank you. You are definitely a big part of the magic there. So thank you uh, for sharing that. And then as we, um, you know, wrap up, um, Kim, I'm sure, you know, I, I, I love to ask, you know, the people that we work with and people probably thinking, okay, how do you keep yourself so healthy in your, you know, in your body and spirit? So just maybe some, especially during these times, right? Because mm-hmm. these times there's a lot of distraction, a lot of things that can get us out of that you know, that state that we all are striving to be in. And so maybe sharing some of your uh, favorite daily routines that keep um, you so, I mean, you're one of the most positive people I've ever known (laughs) and very, you know, healthy and strong. And so just some of your pearls to share with those who are listening. I, I would love to. I think everyone has their own individual way of connecting sort of uh, rather their inner and outer daily. I meditate. Sometimes it's guided if I have that active mind going. Sometimes it's silence or to music. I get outside in nature every day. It doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing. I love to connect with uh, nature, especially trees and flowers. I make sure that I breathe, do some movement. A big sort of personal rule that works for me is to move every hour. I think that's why they have schools set up the way they do. Mm-hmm. They have the bell rings and the kids have to get up and that movement from class to class. It, you know, the circulation, the lymphatic, that's the only way our lymphatic, if we're not doing a lymphatic massage, it's getting, uh, it's movement. The body loves movement. The brain loves movement. Mm-hmm. And it's also that emotional part of getting up and moving forward. And it just, uh, so I'm moving every day, whether it's yoga, walking, Yeah, I I connect with friends and I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is Mm self-care. It's finding out what Mm self-care means to you. I love that. I love that. And I think weaving in, as you said, the 
the love of what you do. You know, I think that, you know, again, some people, you know, are as lucky as we are that they get to do what they love every day, but whether that is in your actual work or your vocation, or just really feeling called to really um, this idea of purpose, I think is really important for our health and just our internal navigation system. So no, I I think it's, it's all of it. Right. And so really great. It's all important. Yeah, Yeah. That connection with others is really key too. Oh, well, you've shared um, some amazing insights. And of course, I um, just love your work. I love you. And I just wanted to share you with our community. And we're so lucky to have you at Eminence Health and bring all your wisdom and knowledge and great care to patients. And so if you're listening out there, please check out our website and you can learn more about Dr. Kim Traeger, um, which is so fun that your last name is Traeger because we also have <laughs> a practitioner who does another type of fashion body work called Traeger therapy. So I often I, thought I yeah. should study Traeger technique because yeah. I've received it and I am I such so appreciate it. Yeah. It's like you're doing it, you know, you're already doing it, right? So <laughs> but um but we'll have all of that information in the show notes and I just want to thank you so much for your time this morning and being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Kim Traeger, please check out all of her information on eminencehealth.com. And if you want to become a patient at Eminence Health, please check out our website and we would love to do a discovery call so we can best serve you. So have a beautiful day and thank you for listening to the podcast.